Welcome to the Healing Everyday Podcast, stories and conversations to inspire you to be in the driver's seat of your life. Buckle up. Hey everyone, welcome to the Healing Everyday Podcast. My name is Victor. And I'm Deanna. Hi Deanna, how's everything going? Great. Actually, really good. Um, I've had some sciatic pain because if like if you've never listened and this is your first podcast with us, I am pregnant, which is super exciting and everything's going super good. Um, but my first pregnancy with my son, I had virtually no pain, no issues, even though he came early. Um, but I've had sciatic pain from like my back all the way down to my heel. It's been crazy. Uh, but other than that, it's been great. We uh I don't know if I said the last time because my memory is shot. We got my son's room ready and repainted and, and just, you know, the nesting thing. So it's, it's been going pretty good. My son turned six and, you know, that was super emotional. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what's going on. We're also getting, you know, starting to get ready for school presentations. We're still a month out, but you know, you and I get up at like between four and five in the morning, right. Pretty much, um, to make sure we're ready commute, exercise, you know, I know you go to the gym, get all this stuff done. So kind of swinging back into work mode almost. And, uh, you know, we're, we're winding down now. So how's everything with you? Everything's good. Um, yeah. Uh, summer's flying by, which is unbelievable. Um, I, uh, I don't know. It's kind of cool. I have kids that are growing up one that's in driver's ed right now. So he's behind the wheel and he's doing great. And, it's just it's been a really good summer everything is is going very very well um and and for everyone that's just joining us thank you so much for being with us today uh this podcast means a lot to both Deanna and myself we we uh we, we call it healing every day for all kinds of reasons but today um this is interesting but i don't even i, I have an idea of what Deanna's going to talk about but um i'm just going to be a listener too for part of this and then i'll i'll ask questions but um it's exciting because I I'm kind of clueless, but not clueless. <laughs> yeah, it's it's yeah. so funny. So Victor and I, um, you know, we've had life happens. So this week, even though you know we've kind of been on the phone, he had to go out of town with his daughter, which was super exciting, and uh, you know, uh, for for colleges and stuff. And you know, I I trained with one of our newer presenters. So so while we've kind of connected, we really haven't had a time to just get on the phone for thirty minutes. And just kind of talk about what's been going on. So two things have happened over the last couple of days. Uh, on Friday, I was invited to meet with the state's attorney, the one who actually prosecuted my dad. And, and I could talk all about that later on. Um, and it was really exciting to sit down and meet with them. I, I was downright giddy. But uh, what I really want to talk about today is something that happened the next day. So... Uh, I, I am very active on social media, you know, I somewhat active on Instagram, you know, I, I post a, a little bit less than I do maybe on TikTok, but I, I'm very out there with what I post never, I don't think never inappropriate or crossed in line, but I tell my story and I talk very openly about the work that we do. I, I am very passionate. Now, when I go to schools and again, we present all over the country I do, you know, there's a social media piece and we talk about, you know, safety online and we talk about, you know, think before you send and all these things. And uh, I always get kids that ask, well, are you on social media? And I say yes. And I don't share my handles, but kids find me all the time. And so I've started saying this thing in presentations where please don't be offended if I don't 
uh, you know, follow you back. Please don't be offended if I don't respond to private messages. Uh, you know, that's, that's, it's, even though I'm the safe, the safety lady, the Aaron's law lady, the be seen and heard lady, the tic-tac no-go lady, whatever it is, that would be super inappropriate for me to host private conversations or follow you back because I'm an adult and I'm in a position of power, not only as an adult, but as this presenter, the safety person. Right. And kids sometimes like roll their eyes. They're like, oh, my gosh. OK, we get it. Right. Well, I will. And I know I've talked about this before. I will get students that will message me and disclose to me. And a lot of the time, I would say 99.9% of the time, it is from a blank account. No name, no description, just something as quick as, you know, I was abused and your story inspired me to talk about it. So nothing I can report, nothing I can do about it, right? Um, I, I've tried and they're like, yeah, we, unless you have more information, you know, we're not going to put our guys on it, right? Well, I go to bed fairly early, early-ish, um, Friday night at like 11 o'clock at night, I had a message get into my message requests on Instagram. And I woke up the next morning, I don't know, seven o'clock. And I, I, I typically check all of my social media, all my messages, and I had a message request. So I click on it. And this, this person had their full government name. They had their picture. They had a profile that was open and like tagged with locations. And, and again, I'm going to, I'm going to keep this very, very basic um, to protect this, this person. Um, but what it came down to is they shared with me, we have, I specifically had presented to them. They were going into high school, but I presented to them in middle school and they had been receiving inappropriate graphic images from an adult on Snapchat and that this person now was threatening them and saying, if you don't send things back, bad things will happen and you better not block me. You better not delete me. And they had said, they didn't send me any screenshots or anything from the actual messages, but they did send me that message along with the screenshot of this person's profile. And immediately like my blood runs cold. Right. And they said, I don't know what to do, but you were the first person I thought of. And so as I've said all that, there's more to it and I'm going to get to it in a second, but uh, to Vic Victor, because I don't want to talk the whole time, you know, is I guess what I want to say is when we get a disclosure in any capacity, what is the first thought that you have when that, something like that happens? Whether it's in person, whether it's, um, you know, in an email, because we get people that reach out to us who disclose to us all the time, staff members, parents, what's the first thought or the feeling that you get when that happens? immediately I always and I we've had so many of them but mm -hmm. immediately I I just get I get kind of numb for a second because it's yeah it's a such a violation no matter what capacity it is it's a, it's a violation of, of self and I think of I, I think of how brave this person is for reaching out and I that's what I kind of come back with that's how I reciprocate what they say to me. I say, why wow, you're so brave for saying this, but I immediately, I get, I get sad and, and, and that's my immediate reaction. And then I think of, you know, when I was a kid and how I wish I could have had someone to go talk to, which I did have many people to go talk to, but because I didn't know it was okay to talk about it, I didn't. So I just think how brave they are and how I get, I get mad because I, like, why would anyone want to do this to a child? That's what I think about. 
Absolutely. I think like, like I said, my blood kind of runs cold. It's almost like that numb feeling. Um, I do get angry. I get sad. I, I do think about myself because we're human and, and why wouldn't we reflect on our own experiences? And all of that happened within 30 seconds. And then my next feeling was, or my next thought rather was, what do I do? I know what I do. I know the next step, but when something like that comes in, right? Like who do I go to first? So um, this was in my message request. Now, if you don't know how message requests work, they don't know that you've seen the message unless you accept it. So you can read it, but it doesn't say red, right? But the problem is, is that, you know, this, this person had attached a screenshot of their, the, the offender's profile, and I couldn't see that offender's profile unless uh, like they, they blur out the image unless you accept it. So I was like, okay, what am I going to do? I want to, I need to report this and I need to report this in multiple capacities. What do I do first? So I accepted the message request. Now, my thing is, I again, I never host private conversations. That is way above my pay grade. Uh, I want to keep myself safe too in these situations and be appropriate. I don't exchange personal messages. I don't, I don't, I'm not a counselor. I am not an investigator. I'm a reporter, right? But I accepted the message and I took screenshots. And the first thing I did was go to Snapchat and sent it all to Snapchat. And and who knows what that's actually going to do? It could do nothing, right? But I was like, okay, immediately I'm going to send it there. And then and then after I sent it, I'm sitting there again thinking, this is not never going to be enough. This is never going to be enough. I don't feel like I've done due diligence here. So I called my local police department. I called the non-emergency and they were so kind. And I said, I basically said, hey, I am, uh, I'm going to sound a little all over the place, but I think it's important you know where I'm coming from so you can let me know what to do. I am a uh, abuse preventionist. I teach kids about abuse in schools through Aaron's Law. Uh, and I received an electronic message request from a minor who shared that someone had been uh, basically propositioning them through Snapchat. I go, I do have screen screenshots. I go, I just want, I know that I can't do nothing. I go, so I'm asking you, what is the next step? And she was so kind. And she was like, okay, the first step is I'm going to send an officer out to your house. I'm going to make sure that I share this with you. I'm like, okay, yes. Send the officer out. And And so what I did, because, you know, I have dogs and stuff, is I put my dogs in my back bedroom so they weren't barking at the window the whole time. I took my son outside and we sat. Basically, I opened up all the doors in the car. He was sitting in like the back hatch of it. I I have a big SUV. And he he basically played on his tablet while I kind of cleaned my car out, just waiting for the officer to arrive. The officer gets there. I show them the messages. I give them all this stuff. And he, he's shared with me that he has three young daughters and he's like, so, so explain to me what you do again, because we got to keep in mind as much as this is our world and we understand the education and sharing this with kids, not everybody, even law enforcement is even aware of what Aaron's law is and the work that we do. So I told him what we do with childhood victories and that we're basically all over the country, but predominantly in Chicagoland area. And he, he was like, so like just so, so inquisitive. And it was, it was, it was awesome to be able to, in a way, kind of educate him. And he was very kind, very compassionate. He took all my information and then he went to leave because I was going to email him everything. And he ended up coming back and he goes, Hey, I got a question. You know, would you mind if I took pictures on my own phone? Just in case he goes, this is, you know, just, just so I have it. And I was like, of course. Yeah. So he took pictures on my phone and he's like, let me ask you another question. Do you tell the kids 
what happens after they disclose? Like, do you, do you tell them like, oh good, nothing will happen now. Or, oh good. No, no one's going to talk to you about this. I go, no, we don't ever lie to them. I go, that would be such a breach of trust and dishonesty. It would, it would be so wrong for us to give these kids this hope that it's over now because it's not, it's actually just beginning. Right. So I told him, no, we, we do, you know, especially with middle school, because they ask, we let them know, yeah, we don't keep it a secret. Um, we do have to report it to the proper people to get you help and to stop this. We, you know, validate that it's not their fault. They did nothing wrong. It's actually that shame and self-blame that these abusers want you to feel. So you don't come forward. And that that's a part of their plan. And he goes, okay, so, so my question to you is, could this girl know that we're going to you know, come out? Because basically what they were going to do is reach out to the local police department of, you know, where it happened. And I said, she doesn't know. I go, well, let me ask you a question, sir. I don't ever respond to these messages. I go, I don't want this girl to be blindsided. Uh, I go, but I never make what we call a unilateral decision, right? I always want to make a decision where other people are involved. So there's more brains on it, more eyes on it, more people are aware. And if something goes haywire, we can say, okay, collectively as a team, how can we do better next time? So he goes, well, do you feel comfortable responding to her? I go, of course, if, if you are giving me the green light and you are going to be in this with me and I can send you the screenshots and I can give you access to my Instagram if you need it. Yeah, I'll respond. And he goes, yeah, just, you know, kind of validate for her. And if she can give us any other information, um, if you could get, <laughs> he goes, if you can get her address and I'm like, yeah, I'll try. And so I exchanged, I think four messages. I screenshot them all and sent them off to him. But what this, this person shared with me was, I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want my parents to be mad at me. I, and I go, I totally understand. I do. And I go, I go, what I did is I reported this to the proper people and uh, that that's my job. And they had shared, you know, maybe, maybe after some time, I'll talk to my parents about it, but I wanted to make sure that this person understood nothing's not going to happen. So I said, if anyone does come to your house, you know, cause I know they're going to, if anyone does come to your house, okay, know that you did nothing wrong. You are not in trouble and that their job is to help. So my encouragement to you is honesty is the best policy that this is not on you. This is on the person who said and did these things. And they, they hearted my message and that was the end of it. If I get anything else, again, I screenshot, I send it over to the officer who, who I have established the rapport with. Right. And, and again, this is all these things that happened that I wanted to call you and tell you about, but you know, life happens. And this just goes to show that even though I have never said to a kid, Hey, message me on social media. Hey, tell me about this. Because again, that is not that's that's not in my wheelhouse to 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 go through all this right to to be like a um a personalized person through social media or anything but that's going to happen that if you are on social media if you have an email out there people are going to find it and they're going to reach out to you so the question is what are you going to do right well we follow the proper channels we There's follow the proper channels yeah, there's so many things to add to this. <laughs> you said a lot of great things, but uh, kudos and, and a shout out to the police department. 
uh, for, I think, handling it extremely professional. Mm. I mean, I was thinking about when I was a kid and I, you know, there was a long time ago, they did not handle it well at all because nobody knew about it. And it's all about educating and, and all that. And of course, they're being trained now because I'm assuming they get a ton of online things that are happening. Oh, um, sure. So so I think that was really great. And the fact that the police officer took it an extra step to say, hey, are you going to reach out to this to this girl? And you're like, well, I don't typically reach out, which makes perfect sense. But I love that he gave you the green light. It reminded me of uh, when a, a girl uh, sent me an email. Uh, mm -hmm. We were at a school and she said, uh, Victor, thank you for being my trusted hero. Um, I have to go tell my parents now that I've been abused. And Again, same thing. It's digital, right? And I immediately, um, I, I didn't report it to the police. I reported it to the district, and I actually forwarded the email on to the district and said, hey, with your permission, I would like to respond to this girl because she deserves to hear from me. She had the courage to reach out. I, She deserves from me a response. Are you okay with it? They said yes. And I just said, basically, you're very courageous. It wasn't your mm -hmm. fault, blah, blah, blah. But what's interesting about this person um, – uh, I think you said she, she said that she does, doesn't want to get in trouble from her parents. So there's a lot of layers here. So you got the, the, the fact that this person is doing this inappropriate thing with her, threatening her, but also she doesn't want to maybe get caught that she's been on social media like this. Is that kind right. of what it is? That, so, that's kind of the lie by God. Yeah. 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 So it's like you saying how perfect you saying it, it's not your fault. Now, the idea of her being on social media, maybe when she's not supposed to, that's something between her parents and her, right? Because Correct. And, and there's a learning opportunity there for sure. I don't want, I'm, I personally like don't want my kid on social media until they're like well into high school. And, and if I could, I always say, if you can push it off as long as you can do it. And I have that luxury of having young children right. and being educated on that before my kid got onto social media, right? Right. Did you, did you say this, this girl's in middle school or high school? She's in high school now, um, but, but, you know, in, in the area and you and I can talk, you know, off the record yeah. about this. So, yeah, I mean, I can tell you, um, it is in a school district where we present, um, in elementary and middle, not oh. high school. Okay, fine. But my point is, it's like, um, she, you know, has to deal the fact that she, okay, I'm assuming, or maybe not that she shared with you, did she not think that it wasn't going to get, you know, you were just going to be like, Oh my gosh, thank you for sharing. And I hope everything goes well. I mean, she, she had said, um, that she, she was, she didn't want to really talk to anybody. She was hoping she could keep it anonymous. And I said, and I totally get that. Um, but that, that's when I said again, you know, just keep in mind, this isn't your fault. And, and I kind of, again, I did not lie in, by any means, but I did, I didn't want to just say, well, you can't be anonymous Well, you, their police are going to come talk to you. I just kept it very, very, very basic and very vague that, you know, yes, yeah, someone will probably come and talk to you, but they're coming there as a safe person, not someone coming to get you. Um, because yeah, I think, I, I think that. um, kids and this is a kid even 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 an older kid it's still a kid uh you know that they, they don't necessarily understand the way the law works right, right? and that disclosures from a minor are, are are cannot be anonymous now it is if let's say this went into a court process and there was a trial and this this person had to testify all of their information is redacted because they're a minor even my own like i testified as an adult of child sexual abuse right However, 
all of my information was redacted in the court files. Like I, when I, when I read through the transcripts, I had to piece together who was where, (laughs) because they redacted it because even though I'm an adult now, I was a minor when it occurred. And that's things that, you know, an advocate, if it ever went to the court process would explain to a child, you know, all of you, no one's going to know your name, no, you know, all of that stuff. And it's, again, yeah, it, it makes sense that they were hoping just for validation and to not anonymously report it. But really, it's kind of like an adult privilege that they get to be anonymous, you know? Right. Well, at the end of the day, this is all about keeping this child safe, period. Yeah. And and again, if the worst thing that happens out of this is the parents now are aware of what she was doing, you said it, it's a learning process in the long run. This child will be will be okay in the long run, uh, you know, middle school, high school, whatever I feel. I mean, I'm not talking about the, 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 the trauma that she's experiencing is one thing, but the, the relationship with the parent, like, okay, I, I should have been on the social media or whatever. I'll learn from it and move on. This is about keeping kids safe mm-hmm. uh, ultimately. And I, I think what, what a great, this is what's so great about this work and other people that do this kind of work is the fact that you're opening up an opportunity for kids to feel safe with you, feel safe with me, to say, hey, I can talk to you. This has happened. And um, I, I think it's great because, again, I've learned that a lot of the older kids, middle school, high school, I call them kids, high school students, they're, kids. <laughs> they're going to not go to their family. They're not going to go to their core trusted heroes necessarily because we have helped them understand that there are more than just your core. If you go to your core family, that's great. But if you're not feeling comfortable with that, for whatever reason, it's not that you don't want to share. It's just that you're not feeling comfortable at that moment. You have neutral. You have other people that you can go to. And this person reached out, reached out to you, which this is what I wanted to say because you did mention to me about what the idea of what today was going to be about. You know, social media gets such a bad rap. This is a situation where it is so amazing. Right. Right. And and that's another thing, like parents, um, being a parent myself, yes, social media is scary and to push it off as long as possible is fantastic. But social media is very much so a part of our lives until there is an end of days and there is no world as we know it. Social media is going to be here. It's going to be around. And knowing how to be safe is important and knowing when to tell. And let's also keep in mind, Victor, that social media does get a bad rap. And there are horrific things that can happen, not just this, but online solicitation, right? Child sexual abuse material. There are parents out there, Victor, who actually sell images of their young children and it, and through social media, or like they'll have a wish list, and, and grown men will buy clothing for children. And then these parents who run these big Instagram accounts will send pictures of children wearing those clothes. It's horrific. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go follow mom uncharted on TikTok. just all about online safety and protecting your kids. Right. With all that being said, as horrific as social media is, if if social media wasn't here, it would just be one less tool in an abuser's arsenal. There was so much abuse before social media still. Right. So, well, I agree that, you know, saying like, oh, maybe she shouldn't have been on social media. Well, maybe it's not that she shouldn't have been on it. Maybe, you know, um, being more being more educated and aware of as soon as something like this came in, you don't have to host that conversation or as so many of us girls are taught to just be nice. And to just be be accepting of these compliments that these people pay us. It's 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 grooming. It's it's feeling like a special. And then the big thing happens and we feel trapped. Right. So I think it's a part of a much bigger conversation 
And, you know, I'm, I, I handed my business cards to the police officer and I said, you know, I'm, I'm happy to be of any help that I can be in my capacity. You know, uh, let's, let's say parents reached out to me, right. Uh, and, and, and wanted to know more or, or were curious, you know, I'd be happy to offer education and support and things like that. Cause that's a part of our job. And I, I am so passionate about what we do because I think I've talked about this before when I first came out as a survivor, I craved seeing other survivors speak publicly and I would send them messages and I very rarely ever got a response, but I just wanted them to know you inspire me. You do so much for me and I want to pay it forward now and do the same thing for other people. You know, it's, it was very, and that all happened before 8 (laughs) a.m. on, on uh, Saturday. And it was a, it was a very, very, uh, I don't even know the right word for it. It was a very surprisingly optimistic experience with, with law enforcement, with just feeling confident that I knew what I was doing and that this, this kid, if, even if it doesn't go through a whole court process, at least they don't feel alone anymore. Yeah. And they can get the help that they need if it's as simple as having open conversations now with their with her parents uh it's it's about learning it's a lessons that's what life is about about learning life lessons and maybe she'll become more you know educated on what is appropriate online and and all that and and you help somebody which i think yeah. is is very very powerful and it helps you as an individual right part of our healing journey is to help others and it makes us feel good and it's it's just what life is really about i i, I feel so i think that's great thank you for sharing Absolutely. One more thing I want to say before we wrap up here is I always remind kids when I present, but I'm all, all I'm going to mention this for any adults here too. What you send through social media, through apps, even if you delete it, even if you erase your account, even if you throw your phone away, it lives forever in the data. Forever it's there. When I went out to California, one of our contacts told us about a minor who had been solicited online by an adult. It was all through Snapchat. And it all disappeared, right? And it all expired and it was all gone. But when they went to trial, the, you know, I don't know what they call it out in California, the state's attorney, the prosecution brought in every message, every video, everything on Snapchat from the last two years. Wow. Everything. And, you know, abusers and and these, these people who who want this power and control, they feel so powerful thinking, oh, well, it's not going to be here forever. It's gone. No, it is there forever. And that goes for bullying. That goes for threats, harassment. It goes for, you know, any of this, when you agree to terms and conditions, you are also agreeing that that stuff's going to live forever. You know, so this, you know, this child also was afraid, like, um, but it's all on Snapchat. It's gone. It's not gone. They, uh, police with with the proper channels can access anything they want. Internet search histories. It doesn't matter. There is an IP address. It is all tagged to your location. The timestamp, all of it. So just keep that in mind. And especially when we're teaching our kids about social media safety and what we're doing, you know, in that moment, we may not think of the long term consequences. Well, that's something that we need to do. It's, it's absolutely something that we have to teach because in this day and age, again, until, until the world has changed as we know it, it's going to live forever. Right. Wow. Great message today. I think that I learned a lot today. So, and what's, that, awesome. what's the word you used for your testimony was what? Re what? 
redacted. What'd you say? Oh, uh, like um, redacted. Redacted. Yeah, exactly. redacted. Yeah, well, it means they like they they cover it, they take it out, they they it out. They literally, um, it took them like over a month to get us that because you, in order to get transcripts in Illinois, you actually have to pay just for the paper and the work, right? So for two thousand pages of transcripts, it costs somewhere between four and five hundred dollars because we were paying for the paper, but also the work that the clerk had to do to sit there. And 2,000 pages worth, Victor, they had to black out mine and my sister's name by hand, by hand. And sometimes you can hold it up to the light and almost kind of see it. But like, I know what was what, right? But any lay person who decides, oh, I'm going to buy the transcripts. Don't do that. I'll send you a copy. (laughs) Um, You know, it it takes a long time to do that. And and rightly so, right? right? They even redacted my siblings' names when they testified for my dad because they were minors when this all occurred as well. And I, I agree with that 100%. So yeah, we all learned something new. Great word. All right. With that being said, uh, everyone, please uh, share this uh, podcast with your family and friends and, 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 and catch the message and continue healing every day, all this great stuff. So thank you, everyone. Uh, remember, as always, be present, be playful, and be powerful. Be happy, be healthy, and be safe. Bye. To learn more about creating your story, visit animatedsurvivorstory.com and follow us on facebook.com slash childhoodvictories or on Instagram at childhoodvictories.